The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast are those of the host slash guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any of BXR entities and those they represent. What's up, everybody? This is your host, Nate. Um, I'm here today, <clears throat> by the grace of God. Um, Blue will be joining us shortly. Um, Mr. Holicious. Um, <clears throat> I'm looking down because I'm adding people to the broadcast. But I also realize that um, at the bottom of the screen, if you're watching us on Facebook, or I think on Facebook, you can now add stars. You can buy stars. So do that. So my paycheck will get bigger here at Big, Big Exposed Radio. Um, and of course, the donation button is at the top of the screen. I believe it is. It's not. It'll flash at the bottom shortly, I believe. Click on Audible so we can get that that dough so I can become a rich, wealthy podcaster. Um, <laughs> but yes, I am here. This week has been challenging. It has been um, an adventure. I've um, grown in some ways. And I have learned some lessons, even in your um, even in your adulthood, you are still learning valuable lessons. And I'm appreciative of the people around me, um, good and bad, because the bad you learn just as much of a lesson as in the good. Um, and I'm just um. I say grateful a lot, but I'm satisfied. You know, I'm not where I project myself to be, but I'm definitely in line and surrounded by um, people. Mm -hmm. I've, I've really learned the lesson. This pandemic taught me how to pick people to be in your space. You choose who you want and you set boundaries and you allow um some things you just have to go through. Some things you just have to see for yourself. Some things you have to just stand the test of time. Like everything you can't run away from, everything you can't just change your scenery. Some things you gotta grit and bear it. And others, get the hell out of there. Get them the hell out of there. You remove yourself, you remove them. Um, but it's a balance. And, and what I'm learning in life is when to do those things. Um, and what I want, and I don't have to feel stuck or um, obligated 
to anybody or anything simply because um, we have a certain type of relationship. Speaking of relationships, today's topic is dealing with mental health in our relationships, um, whether they be romantic relationships, work relationships, friendships, um, self, um, just dealing with your children, all across your animals, whatever that may be. Hey, Noah. Uh, we're talking about, you want to join us? You have time to join us, Noah? I'm going to see if Noah got time to, um, to join us. I've been having little conversations with a lot of friends, and it feels like we're all in the same space. Before I go any further, I do have to, um, to send some love out to my friend Kyle. Uh, Kyle has been one of the guests that's been on, I think he's been the guest that's been on my show more times than any friend, family, or stranger that I know. But Kyle lost his mom a few days ago. And, you know, it's just like a grandmother. Um, it, it's something that him and his mother were very close. Um, so I um, send my, my heart out to the Jackson family. Um, and Kyle's from New Orleans, so death is a definitely a celebration. It's not a sorrowful time, but I know my friend, the cancer, is going through it right now, and I just send him my love, um, and you never know what to say. I'm, I'm a person who uh, I always have something to say or something um, inspirational to add to something when, when one of my friends and family are going through things. But death is, is not for human consumption and depending on the person will determine how they deal with it. And that's fine. That's all great and fine. I don't try to um, um, change that. Oh, look at that. People watching, Mr. Khalil, Mr. Uh, Mr. I'm trying to find um, the link. I'm gonna send it to both of you all. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I, I just wanted to send my heart and my love out to Kyle and his family. Um, and I'm sure Kyle will find a creative space to get through this. And um, I'm really happy. Um, and um, I, I didn't mean to say happy, but I am happy. Um, uh, just for friendship, for for love, for people showing you who they really are. Um, but um, we're going to talk today a lot about um, dealing with not just mental disorders or mental stress, but just dealing with trauma or struggles when it comes to friendships. Because like I was just speaking about my friend Kyle, my friend Kyle is a very, he's a cancer, he's a true blue cancer, and he's very emotional um, and passionate about life and situations he finds himself in. And you don't, you never know what, I don't know what to say to someone who, who lives in that space of emotion. Um, and not speaking bad about my friend at all, but I don't deal well with like sad or heightened emotion. I don't, I don't know what to do. Like if I see somebody crying, I'm just going to sit there with them. I don't, you know, I'm going to be there with them. 
you know, if they ask me something or ask my opinion, I'm going to answer it honestly. But I don't, I typically don't know what to do. And I've been like that from a child. My mother, again, another cancer, um, could cry and just cry and cry. And I, I think I learned it from a young age just to sit there and be patient. And then when it feels like their tears are starting to subside, then to interject with some type of question or comfort, comforting words of some sort. But um, I'm learning as I get older how to be there in the moment with my uh, people that I'm surrounded by, not just friends and family, but just people in general. Because I work with children, and sometimes children are sad um, or angry or upset. And you have to learn how to manage that in the moment. So I'm learning by learning it with children, I'm learning how to do it with adults as well. So um, Blue Waters is in the building. Hello, hello, hello. He got his bamboo earrings on again. Do they say blue? No, these don't. These are just old school, 1990s, you know, bamboo, banshee girl earrings. Did you get the ones with blue in them? I do have the ones with blue, but I wore them the, uh, the last time. So I was like, you know, I'm going to take it back. But yeah, of course. I'm stuck in an era. I'm stuck between the 70s and the 90s. I haven't, ate, I haven't gone into the 2000s yet. So I'm stuck. He, he is literally sitting on a leather couch. Um, and he knows quite a few drug dealers. So that's yes, his. I do. It, uh, yes, I do. I still, I know how to get around in the neighborhood. I can go from stage and, you know, sage and incense to Newport to Blunt and... In the 40s. In the 45. Yes, but um I am utilizing the time that I have with Blue because I know at some point he's gonna get distracted with this his reflection in the mirror and uh, we're not gonna see him for a while, but I'm no, 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 I'm committed. I'm only I'm the only times I will be absent if I have a performance someplace, which you do know. And so I'm but allowed to have You know that's I'm not all saying, the time. Man. I swear. I'm just saying, like she's starring in shows back to back to back to back, being requested. No. I look. I get in when I where I fit in. That's all. If they ask me to do something, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna throw on a little. No, uh, no, no, no. See, I am unofficially Blues manager, and I'm helping him with his verbiage. Unofficially, it's official. When they're offering to pay you for something, then you get in where you fit in. Okay, yeah, that, that is definitely see. That's why you. That's why you. Uh, that's why you have the job that you have. You know what I'm, I'm saying? Learning, I, I'm learning. I see it as you know because I'm like a big auntie to you, and you know I'm a mentor. I'm a big auntie to you, so I'm able to take you under my wing and you know show you the old school ropes. So that you don't get out here and you don't be bust upside your head or anything. But I like to put you in a position where you can work, you know, work with me too, so you can use your talents. See, that's me paying forward. Mm -hmm. I can thank like, you. That sounds like some brothel type of stuff. I'm I'm good. I'll I'll watch from afar. 
we have some people listening. We got Noah. Um, Hi. We got Khalil. Uh, and Khalil was somebody I want you to meet too. You were supposed to meet him at the community conversations, but it didn't work that way. But it's cool. It's cool. It's still time. It's still time. I hope it's an opportunity. Speaking so hopefully of, with the up and coming one, with the up and coming one, I hope to meet yeah. everybody there. So we're going to have a, so I'm going to have the details for that very soon. You know, Troy is always jet setting. So he's off with Mesa on another adventure um, to sell that new album. Uh, well, I think this is a shorter project. What do you call a shorter project? What's it? LP, EP? It's like a full album. An yeah. LP. A LP. Is it an LP? I want to say EP, LP, something like a that. A smaller project. <laughs> Uh, but um, they're going out, and she's always on tour, and he's the road manager. So get them, get that dough, get that money, get to the bag. But before we get to that, I wanted to, one, talk a little bit about that, because it's going to lead into why this is so significant for me, the topic today. So um, was it last year? Last year sometime, um, like around the summertime or spring, I had made a list of people who I wanted to, one, connect with on a deeper level, build with, um, work with, um, or just communicate more with. And I started with this list of individuals and for whatever reason, I just started checking people off. And it wasn't necessarily, I didn't like anybody or they wasn't gonna fit, but it was more so I wanted the right energy to align. And I really just, you know, prayed on it and I, it whittled down to three people. Um, Blue Waters, um, BDM, and um, Corey Burton. And these were three individuals who I had either worked with or I wanted to work with, or I just, I've learned who they were. Um, and I've known Troy forever. He's always been a staple in the theater community, the arts community. Um, Blue, I had met him at Coppin, and then Bree um, ignited by, um, bullying him every time I saw him on the streets. Um, and BDM, I actually met BDM at a, a like some type of festival or some, I don't know what that was, Monty, where you introduced me to him. And I knew who he was, but I never had met him. Um, so Monty introduced me to BDM a number of years ago. We was doing something that- It was Pride. Like, it was Pride. That was Pride? It was Pride. Was we was at Pride. Pride. I that think was that was like pride. 2013 Pride. Yeah, no, it was Pride. I would never go to a Pride. But um, was, that was the only one you went with me because we would pay. Remember, it was me, you, and Sharon, and we were all passing out being exposed radio cards. You were there, and right at the Artscape section. I was in front of City Hall. That's all I remember. It was at the Artscape section because he was he was supposed to perform. Mm -hmm. No, it was before then. You had introduced me to him before then. It was something we were doing something that it was some type of rally at um City Hall. And mom, we was eating that pizza, and I shouldn't have ate that pizza because oh, it was I just remember, sitting out there. I don't remember. Why am I remembering Pride though? That's crazy. I don't go there. But I do remember, I do, you know what now I do remember that because we were, yes, we had hit we had we were passing out flies for a couple of years in a row. But um Yes. So these group of men, I got them together and we are uh, loosely because we've kind of um, we're in our own realm at the moment and we'll soon be getting back together for something special. I have a 
big surprise for these fellas. Um, and I am kind of plan for that. So really? you, right. So I'm not gonna put out the details yet, but just know we're looking for sponsorship. We're looking for we're looking for sponsorship. We're looking for, you know, businesses that want to promote themselves. So that's how I'm trying to build it out for you all. But um we're looking for grants, all that. So if y'all know any, send them my way. But this group is specifically for black men, um, not limited to any specific genre of black men, but black men who who just want to be around like-minded people who want to heal, who want to grow. If you saw the press kit for um, see Sharon, I'll be listening. The press kit for uh, the You Thought I Was Him project, you see some snippets of all of them speaking on various topics that were brought up. A lot of the stuff we cannot show you, we cannot let you hear because it is a, it was created as a safe space um, for all of us that were a part of this. Um, and it would be very unbeneficial to kind of share that and break that trust and break that, um, break that. Um, but today's topic is kind of a stepping stone out of that. Because recently I've been having relationships um, with people that it, well, not recently, but just over time, relationships that did not really, wasn't really strengthened by a strong foundation. Um, because for me, a lot of my friendships were unspoken bonds. And I'm just starting to set boundaries and, and, and ask of people to set those boundaries as well. Um, because you know, I just want people to be their full self. And I've had that issue. And me and um, Blue have talked about that a lot. I've had that issue with me not fully showing up as myself and then being in relationships with people where they were not fully showing up as themselves. And we both were dealing with things from the other that we necessarily didn't want to deal with. You know, I'm not, you know, a lot of my friendships um, fizzle out because I'm not the go out person. I'm not the turn up. I'm the person that you want to chill with or maybe take a vacation with or, you know, just do something creative with. And I have my boundaries and my limits for things that I want to do. And sometimes okay, yeah. I, I remember losing a lot of friends when I decided I didn't want to go out anymore. It's just not my environment. Having all that is noise to me. But um, today's topic is dealing with mental uh, struggles. I'll say mental struggles and trauma within our relationships. Um, okay. Has this ever been a problem for you, Blue? Absolutely. And um, to go back to this, to circle back to what you were saying about not being the one to go out. That was mm -hmm. then. This is now. As you, you know, Auntie has stepped in and has swooped you under my wing. And but I'm even, even when I, I'm not saying I'll never want to go out, but even when I go out, I'm not, that's, that's just not my personality. I'm not a turn up kid. I've never no. been. And that's cool. You know, you, you, you are yourself and that's what is important. You don't have to be that type of person, you know, to be mm -hmm. a social person. And you right. are who you are and people should accept you for who you are. They shouldn't try to recreate you. They should appreciate you as you show up. So mm -hmm. that's what I do appreciate about you. But you my roadie when I want you to be my roadie. Um, that's what now, you want me to be when I choose to be your roadie. Let's say it like that. Because we're not forcing, we're not controlling anybody, sir. 
but I do, you know, I and and you know, all jokes aside, friendships like I'm building with Blue are I chose that. I purposely chose those types of people to be friends with, not because I needed them to help me pull me out of some place, but more so I do want to be more social. For me, it was more comfortable for me to be like right now in my studio. I have been more comfortable working in my art than I was developing friendships. And as you get older, you realize those things matter more than collecting a paycheck. Now, I still want my money, but I value time. And I'm the person that will sit and I may get involved or be a part of the conversation, but I'm a spectator. I'm going to sit there and watch, or I love people watching. So that's my turn up. I, I'm having fun just sitting there sipping on my lemonade or my cranberry juice. And that's the part that I like about you because you're a good, you know, you're a good sidekick. You can't you, sip your, sip your first lemonade. First of all, this, this nigga stays what a sidekick. You are. You are my sidekick. I don't do and I want you to be okay with that. I'm, I'm not an oozing eyes type of person. <laughs> so um, you, asked, you asked me about um, have I experienced trauma in my relationship? Well, no. Have you had to deal with... So having friendships, even if it was you that may have gone through some things, how do we deal with it? So my overall question for today and for the audience... How have you dealt with struggles and traumas in your friends and family lives? Like, uh, it was hard watching Blue lose his mom because that was when we were really starting to, like, hang out. He had started doing his show at the station. So he had that was the first time that he had to take a break. I mean, that was a longer break uh, for Blue. And I'm not used to seeing him in an emotional space. Not that you were outwardly emotional, but I knew that was something that was, you know, watching a loved one, you know, transition is not easy. And it was kind of a kind of stretched out moment for him. So watching that, I don't, I, you never know what to say. You never know what to do because you don't want to be disrespectful or pushy um, or you don't want to just be so normal that you are disregarding what's going on with a person, but it's a balance. So have you ever been in those types of situations with other people? Absolutely. Um, I think mm -hmm. that, you know, um, that a lot of times people show up and they, they show up in different ways. Um, right. I know that me personally, you know, um, it was hard for me to, de to develop close relationships. It's actually recently, like um, in my mid-adult, like, you know, late adulthood that I actually started really forming um really close bonds with individuals because i had issues with trust but that's not uncommon many people have experienced a lot of traumatic events in their life and it makes it difficult for them to um build us a, a solid foundation in friendship you know um because we don't like to be naked and around each other we have right. uh, uh, issues insecurities and so I had my insecurities and I'm quite sure individuals that I was dealing with had their in insecurities. And so I had to, for me, it is dealing with me first. 
um, it took a long time for me to be okay with dealing with me first. And for that, for me, that means looking, um, getting naked with myself and then staring at myself in the mirror and really saying, you know, appreciating all the things that I see. Um, the flaws and the and everything else. Now there are limited flaws because you know um, I am almost flawless. I'm the closest to perfection there is. But okay. <laughs> see, I let people have their. Del I mean, not delusions, but you know their ideals. No, I but I say that to say that um, I had to really start to appreciate me, even the persona that I take on as blue. Um, that was something that I developed because I that was kind of, um, uh, that's like a love story to myself, that this is who I am and I should love me as I am. And if individuals outside of me can accept me for who I am, that's their issue, not mine. And so mm. I don't take on no one else's stuff, um, but am, am I going to show up to um, ride through the storms with you? Absolutely. You know, but you have to yeah. do the work yourself. So I may be, as a friend, I, I may say, you know, um, I may be able to identify some things that you may have to develop, areas of development for you um, that you may be struggling with, but I'm not going to do the work for you. You're going to do the work. And the way that I show up is I'm not trying to recreate you. I don't want to recreate anybody that I'm, you know, um, I'm getting to know. I want them to be their authentic self and be okay with that. And I think the biggest lie that um, we've, in society and the world is that we like the truth, that we want honesty. To me, that's a big lie. I think people have um, be, people have gotten acclimated to saying they like the truth, but when they see the truth, when they hear the truth, they don't know how to receive it. And so um, for me, it is, you know, learning how to receive the truth, being okay with the truth, even if it's something that makes me uncomfortable, I may not necessarily agree with all the time. I recognize that this is someone else's interpretation of me and it's valid. You know, that this is how they see me. So there is some validity but to see, it. Before you um, go any that's, and that's, that's what people who are given that truth have to be aware of and accepting of. This is how I see things. This is through my eyes, because that person may not see things their way. And that's fine. And like you said, your opinion of me is as valid as my opinion of myself. Right. But I cannot put more weight on what you think of me than what I think of me. Absolutely. Then you have a very limited perception of me because you're not me. You right. know, and so that's but I thought that was a very and because you said that before, but it is very interesting to hear it out loud because people just, we live in a world right now where what I think of you is the fact. We see it on social media, we see it in social commentary, we see it in podcasts and radio and journalism. What I see from you is the truth. And you typically, and we typically have one third of the truth or understanding. If that that's much. not the whole thing. If that much. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And so, I mean, you know, and being a um, gay black male, um, Ooh, I think I didn't that, even know that. You know what? I didn't know it until yesterday. Um, <laughs> I was walking I down the street. No, I, let me tell you, I was at work and um, my supervisor came up to me and was like, you know, you're gay. And I was like, really? Oh, no. I was like, oh, my goodness. Who made you to believe that? 
I did not know that. So yeah, <laughs> I think the um, most difficult this thing has been. This explains a lot. This explains this a lot. Explains this explains everything. This is why I love going to gyms. This is why I'm drawn to, you know, I, I thought that this is why my fantasy, my job, let me tell you when I was in school, high school, and I went to the guidance council and they asked me what did I want to be when I grew up. I was like a tall boy for like the NFL and they didn't know that I, I wanted to be a towel boy. I just wanted to hand out towels in the locker room as they would change. From that point on, Blue was no longer allowed to play on any of the sports things. <laughs> oh, I was never playing. I was never playing. I was never playing. Then in the cheerleading section, yes, but I was never playing. <laughs> the was on the door of every sports facility. Do not enter. Sorry, I go directly I was to always, I was always the manager. I was the manager. I was managing things. <laughs> ain't lift a finger. Ain't know nothing about sports management. But, oh. but yeah, I think the hardest thing has been to, mm -hmm. to establish and maintain um, relationships with other men. Um, I, mm -hmm. I find that work, um, I develop deeper relationships with females, believe it or not. It's difficult for me to establish and maintain intimate relationships with men because of a lot of that trump, the the um oh, the trump that they be breaking promos. You go clip them clips. <laughs> so, but, um, but what you're saying goes in a space of. And in, in our conversations, I've said that a lot. And I said, I've said it so much that I had to then say, Nate, why is that a thing? And it, it's a question that, you know, to the people listen, do you have an issue with um, your male relationships versus your female relationships or vice versa? You know, but that, that's an interesting thing because a lot of Black men, I've heard say that. Just I like I've heard a lot of black women say, I don't get along with women too well. I'm, I get along with men more than I get along with women. I think when um, they, for the reason why my relationships with females are deeper, it's um, it doesn't always start out that way. It winds up being that way when they don't see me as a threat. So when it's not like, okay, Ooh. I'm competition, I'm trying to come in and, you know, take their man or, you know, or I have to establish that I'm not going to be the gay radar for them. So every man that comes into our vicinity, they, they can't look at me and say, is he gay? Because that's not what my that's not what I'm going to do. But you and know so, what I'm starting to see recently? I'm starting to see more men force themselves to be in, not necessarily in the spaces with people who they normally keep at a distance in terms of other men. But I see them making, not all, but a few men, especially the ones that I know, make a bigger concerted effort to at least speak or be kind to or communicate with. Whereas though before that was such an uncomfortable thing to do, no matter what your sexual preference or orientation or identity was, it was just, I used to see it as an uncomfortable thing for men in general to be in spaces together and not feel uncomfortable. And I think that for a lot of, so for the males, um, the males that I've developed close relationships with, 
I find that those that are truly comfortable in their skin are the most comfortable with me. Um, that they they themselves don't see what I do as a reflection of them. They just say, okay, mm -hmm. you are you and I am me. And we may actually have wonderful relationship with one another, but that isn't, um, that doesn't state that, or it's not a statement saying that they themselves are gay or that they're attracted to me outside of friendship, just a platonic relationship. And so, um, mm -hmm. and I have, I have a, a, a Say about you know a, a good number of really close male friends that aren't threatened by my presence. Um, I know that their friends struggled with our friendship because they didn't understand it. Um, but mm -hmm. as time progressed, they started to realize that it wasn't you know that there wasn't anything there outside of it was just guys chilling with each other. I just happened to like men, and they don't. But is is and that's something, and I definitely want to have that conversation. We don't want to dig too deep into what that is and why, um, even speaking to or being around or being comfortable around automatically makes you you oh you must be. So I definitely want to put that package that up and put that into another conversation because I think that's a whole nother animal in and of itself. But dealing with Dealing with the struggles of others can really strain a relationship. Um, and, and some of the big ones are like, if you have certain vices like alcoholism or drug abuse or something, something like that, that's a obvious. I think that's something that we obviously know can strain a relationship in some way. Many I ways. think that that's partly because when people enter relationships, they don't really understand what a relationship entails. And so I think that a lot of communication has to happen, even in friendships. Um, you have to really be open to um, talking, you know, and getting to know one another on a deeper level. And I think that we, so we, because we're afraid to get truly um, get intimate, because that requires you to be able to swim in the deep end of the, the pool. And many people don't really feel comfortable. Many people can't swim in that end of the pool. And that's the problem. No one knows how to navigate the deep end. And so when you really have conversation with one another and you get to understand, then it becomes a, um, um, you learn the individual and you're not trying to control them. You're not trying to recreate them to fit you. You now appreciate them for their uniqueness and you accept them for who they are as they are, you know? And you may point out, there may be areas of development, but that's the purpose of the relationship is to strengthen one another. So it's like, okay, I can see that, oh, you may have an issue with social interactions and that's okay. You may not be okay in every social environment, but that doesn't mean that I won't take you to in, um, um, environments where you have to socially engage or that mean, that doesn't mean that I'm going to um, try to make you do things that make you uncomfortable. No, I may expose you to some things, but I still have to accept you as you are. And, mm -hmm. and our, like, in relationships, I see this a lot. Um, people are, they try to recreate them. They try to change them, you know, and that's where mm -hmm. it starts to break down. No, if this is who I am, and if you don't like who I am, then maybe we shouldn't be friends. Maybe we shouldn't yeah. be in a relationship, you know, because I'm not trying to, I think that's it's unfair. You. I think that's very unfair um, that you, yeah. and we may say, well, you know, well, 
What if the person is doing this? Uh, and we lead with our opinions, but we really don't have any understanding of the individual that's before us. So it's like, you really got to get to know people first and truly accept them for who they are and not try to change them. Mm -mm. And that's, and, and, and see, in, in many of my relationships, and I, I contributed to me always feeling I had to like, you know, that really tall friend that felt like they got to stoop down to, to kind of balance out the other friend. And I, I would do that mentally in relationships, friendships mainly. Um, and whether it be, I didn't want to get teased by my family for learning new $15 words or, you know, so I, I would not use them. So I, I think I was stunting my education by not applying what the things that I was learning into my real life as we naturally do. But I began to be very aware and borderline subconscious of my intelligence, of my creativity, of my presence in a room. I know I can walk in a room and people pay attention to me. I'm not the person that people are all are necessarily always physically drawn to, but I'm the person really? who want to, I mean, but I just, I, I know that, but it's, it's a reason, like, I normally get the trickle in effect, like, who is this person? Let me, let me talk to this person. He seems like he's a little odd, and I know I, I give off of that, but give that off, but again, I had to learn how to show up as my most authentic self. That means the way I speak, the way I talk, the way I present myself, and I always did not want to outshine people. So I would kind of bring it back some. But that began to create uh, boundary issues in my relationships because then that's how they're going to treat you. So when you do say, you know what, enough is enough. I have, to, I have to be my complete self. They don't know who the hell that person is. But that's so because we never show up as our authentic. We send our yeah. representative. And that, to yeah. me, is that's really misleading. Um, yeah. And, you know, you see that in, you know, when you are dating someone, I, this, this generation really does not really, they don't court. I'm I'm old school, believe it or not, old fashioned. I believe in taking taking my time, getting to mm -hmm. know someone. I'm not like, you know, um, wham, bam, let me just jump out there. Hold on, hold on. That is mm -hmm. a delivery. Hold on, y'all. A lot of these, a lot of these, um, a lot of what I'm speaking about are experiences that I have. And it's, you know, it's, it's okay to feel a certain way. It's okay to, you know, develop certain quirks about yourself. It's okay. But one thing that's not okay is if you feel like you can't be who you are. And that moment that you have to start questioning that around people is the moment where you have to one, check yourself. And the other space you have to you have to find, sometimes you have to find, because sometimes it is you. Sometimes it's not you. And it's your body and your mind, you know, reacting to the environment that it's in. And you have to find ways to um, be who you are. And sometimes that means leaving a friendship or leaving a workplace environment or leaving something that you love, like a marriage. We see this is a season, so many Couples, celebrity couples are getting divorced because people are really figuring out, I don't have to be here or I don't want this. And that's okay. 
Like it's okay to make a mistake in life. And I think that's partly because we don't take out, we, we rush instead of actually taking time to really get to know people. Also um, being willing, I think that we have all of these standards to relationships and relationship is about growth. You gotta yeah. be willing to work with one another. It's And it's two entities coming to together to build um, a unit, a, a union with one another. But that doesn't mean that they lose their individuality. That doesn't mean that they lose who they are in the process of building this relationship. So it's so it's those things that I think a lot of individuals do not take into consideration when they get into relationships. I don't, in a relationship, you're not supposed to, in my opinion, and it's just as my way, you're not supposed to try to change the individual from who they are. You're supposed to um, um, help them evolve into a better form of themselves. So right. it's like, you know, so their foundation is who they are. But as they get older, right. as you grow grow old and grow with one another, you evolve and you gotta be willing to do that. But the thing is, is that you have to be okay with understanding that you may evolve apart. Mm-hmm. So you may grow apart. That is a reality. But on the flip side, mm-hmm. you have to put that much energy and nurturing to see whether or not to um, to foster growing together. Like, you know, if you're nurturing the relationship, if you are communicating, if you are being considerate, if you're being intimate, if you're paying attention, then chances are your relationship will, it'll, it'll be strong. And, and not only that, but also trying to figure out um, how we can develop as individuals and as a group, because sometimes the things that the things that I've gone through in terms of growth, it it separated me from people. And understanding that there's a time for you to grow as an individual, and then there's a time for you to grow as a group. And everything doesn't mean necessarily, oh, I got to leave these people alone. New levels, new faces, new friends, and that's not what it is. Because you're you're continuously, if that's the cycle that you're gonna perpetuate, you're going to continue to lose people. And everybody's not meant to be tossed to the side. But there are moments where I feel like I have to grow alone um, and grow as an individual. And I think we are so hell-bent on... And and what you were saying, like a counterpoint to what you were saying, that happens when people themselves don't know who they are. So it's easier for me to control your narrative and what your box is. So I look like I'm more in control of my space and my territory. And it's really a thing of, you don't even know who you are on your own, but you're trying to control the narrative of who somebody else is supposed to be. And that is, um, so for me, that is something that I'm always self-conscious of and what is, you know, what, what is my intention? And so for in my friendships, um, when I am building a rapport with individuals, I like them to be themselves. As a matter of fact, in my romantic relationships, um, I, I always lead with, show me the ugly first. Because for me, I want to see the part that I may have to struggle with as opposed to the representative. So show me the ugly first. Show me the stuff that you wouldn't show any, anyone else because those are the things that I need to see. Because at that point, then I am making a choice whether I am willing to 
move forward with building that relationship. So, you know, a lot of times um, I want to hear the ugly. I don't want to hear about, you know, I don't want to see the makeup. I don't want to see the nice outfits or anything. No, show me how you look when you wake up in the morning and you don't have any of that shit on. Be yourself, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. Because as time progresses, that's the person that you're going to see. And that's that's, that's a very that's a that's a very truthful statement. And I think the people who surround us, those individuals who give us love and 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 support us, they have to be open to that change. Um, because I remember um, I I tell a story about the first time I ever was broke, and I had a I had a a decision to make like do i because it wasn't about me just telling people i don't have that energy in me that like i gotta tell somebody but i couldn't afford to take the vacation that i was taking just a few months ago i could not you know afford to pay for everybody when we're at dinner you know i couldn't afford to you know help people out if they had was having bill problems or things of that nature and I remember saying it to friends, and I stopped getting calls from those people. And I, I and I, I learned years later. I learned that we're in a space for people where, you know, don't bring me no bad vibes. I don't want no bad vibes around me. And that's really what your friend or your family member, or your loved one, is going through. That doesn't mean that you need to um, save them, like you said. You know, I can I can show you or guide you, but I can't do it for you. I remember yeah. being in church that same time I was in church and we had like an after service meeting. And the pastor said, somebody in here is really going through it. I feel it in the air. And, you know, before before I could even control myself, I just, you know, lifted my hands and told my testimony in that moment. And how everybody after that service reacted to me, showed me who they really were. And I had people who really came up and, and gave me some really good words of comfort and, and guidance and wisdom. And then I had other people who prefaced anything that they were about to say with, to me with, well, you know, I ain't got no money. And I was like, I didn't ask anybody for anything, but you know, when you hold it in a lot, it weighs you down. And I didn't know it, it could manifest itself in your personality, and the way you present your face and the way that you your personality changes or alters itself. But it it growing has really shown me in many negative ways how not to share. And I think that is the most unbeneficial thing in relationships and friendships than anything else. And anything that we could do to each other, um, not communicating, because then things go unsaid. So when things happen how do we fix this or how do we get back from this and there's no way to do this but separate that's why people often go to divorce before they go to a therapist or some type right. of counselor because they don't they don't have a foundation built on if something happens this is what it is like they don't have a business plan for their relationships and i think that is something that i think therapy wise i think needs to start being address especially when you have couples therapy or family therapy or just therapy for an individual what is your 
what is your lesson plan? What is your business plan for your relationship? You got it for your businesses and your hobbies. And but what is your business plan for your relationship? And the business plan is nothing more than what you, you know, when things happen, I have this document to go to to tell me where we're supposed to be. Mm. But we don't do that in relationships. I think that with a lot of relationships and a lot of individuals that one with therapy think that people have, um, they um, they misunderstand the intentions of therapy. Mm. Think that they go to therapy with the idea that it's going to fix. Right. The therapist is supposed to fix them. No, the therapist is supposed to assist you with fixing yourself by helping you identify those areas of development that needs to be addressed. So what happens is, is that when you're in the midst of the storm, you may not see a lot of things because you're in the midst of it. When you're going through a crisis and you're in your emotions, it makes it really hard for you to navigate that moment or that space because you're in the midst of it. But when you have someone on the outside looking in, they're able to say, but did you see that over there in the corner? Or did you notice that right there? For therapists, it's usually behaviors that we may, or thought patterns or feelings that show up that you may not be aware that is there. And mm -hmm. it is that moment that you see, oh, wait a minute, I didn't even notice that about myself. Because what happens is, is that when you live with yourself, you develop habits and behaviors and feelings and thoughts, and it becomes almost second nature. It's almost you're doing it like subconsciously. You mm -hmm. don't even realize you're doing it. Um, and people see it, but you don't. And so sometimes with a therapist, the purpose of a therapist is to sh show you you in a mirror. Like, look, you need to stand there and you need to see you first and work on these things within you before you try to go and engage with someone else. And in relationships, that is identifying where the breakdown is first. And when people go into relationships, they fall in love with the idea, not the reality. The reality is it, it requires a lot of work. It's just like any um, any other plant, you know, um, there are those plants that don't need a lot of work. Yeah. So they can, you you know, um, you can sit them in a corner. Um, they need a little bit of sun. You only have to water them once a week. You can let them go. There are relationships that are like that. But then there mm -hmm. are some relationships that require a lot of attention, a lot of work. And that's when you do a lot of communicating. That's when you do a lot, pay, pay attention. That's when you delve in and really put in the effort. But people want things the way that they want them. They don't want to um, compromise. They see compromise as, that, as a weakness. No, that's not. You know, um, they see um, if I give a little bit, then I'm being taken advantage of. That's not. That's not what it is all about. And that's where a lot of, that's why a lot of relationships break up. That's why a lot of people go through a lot of unnecessary hurt because they're not willing to do the work. They they just want this, and I mean, that's what, even me. I was I, I had to work on me. I was um, the um, because my I was so insecure with myself. I was the sugar mom, you know. Um, I paid for love. You know, so in the relationship, I was the person who was the breadwinner and I would work two and three jobs just so that I can make an individual happy while neglecting myself. And so I was the person who everyone loved to be with because it could benefit. I had my own space, but I never I never got to go on a vacation. 
You know, I never benefited from working three jobs. I never had those things because in my mind, I, I saw myself as not being good enough. And so mm-hmm. I overcompensated with material things. It wasn't mm-hmm. until I had to do my own self-work that I had to realize, no, you are good enough. You're that, but you don't see yourself that way. And I was comparing myself to other people. And that was the biggest issue is that I was looking at um, other diamonds and other stones and I was trying to compare myself to them and I'm uniquely me. And I had to really appreciate me being myself. Right. That's not something that is, um, especially lately, I feel like it's not something that is as welcome because when we show up as, when we show up as ourselves, it's picked apart and ridiculed and questioned. Um, I, I was on a show last week and a, um, a, the young lady was speaking about Beyonce and she was debating whether this person that we see is really who she is compared to when she was a child. And my my thing was, I was like, well, again, that was her parents thinking that this image of who she was was more important, and they had control over her, the same as a lot of other celebrities. And then they blossom into this being of a person, and you're like, well, who is this person? I don't think that's real. That ain't real. It ain't, you know, whereas though her sister is allowed, Solange is allowed to be creative and free and self-righteous and deep where so we want to box and pigeonhole her and once she started going outside of that box we started ridiculing her and i see that in our everyday relationships like when people show up as themselves we debate it we we mock it we ridicule it because it's not who we want them to be or we saw them as you know and it, it really is i think detrimental to how we grow because even that's if you don't you know, respect your growth but that's partly because we're not taught that it's okay to be yourself. You know, um, that's that yeah, we're, we're, we're conditioned to believe that it's okay to be um, how society wants you to be. And that may go against who you are, you know? And I think that that's the biggest issue is that a lot of times when you, um, we've been conditioned and taught that being you isn't okay. So when you show up as yourself, then, you know, everyone, you know, it's like, okay, who is this person? But you've Mm -hmm. been putting on this facade and it hurts. It's like putting on um, a shoe two sizes too small. You're going to try to cram your... Especially when you shrunk yourself into that that old person to appease all these people. That's what I feel like... It's difficult to do it. Right. It's very difficult to do that. And that was the biggest issue with me is that, you know, this being blue is who I am authentically. But because I was bound up, then I was unable to be my true self. And it started to cause me emotional duress. And so it was at that point when I had to decide who do I love more, them or me. And what I realized is that by loving me, I was able to truly liberate myself. I I think a lot of people are walking around and they're slaves to themselves. They're in their own private prisons and they don't know how to just break away and break out. And they have the keys to it. They don't even have to use a key. The door is open, but they don't believe it's open. 
They believe that it's locked and they believe that they can't exist outside of that box. And you really can. And it, and and even from my personal experience, it does happen because I allow certain things to put me in a box or shield me or cover me or camouflage me. And I remember it really was during the pandemic that I found that sense of, I don't want to say sense of self, but that sense of self was though it was nobody in, in my house that I had to pretend for or put on airs for, even, you know, in my workplace environment. I have to dress how I deem comfortable. Now, still understanding what is, you know, respectable, what is, you know, appropriate or professional, I have to still be myself. I have to still do some things. And something happened has happened to me throughout the pandemic because we were, um, and I feel crazy even talking about it, but I was talking to a friend last night about it. But um, there was a, so prior to the pandemic, um, I had, one of my feelings came out. So right when the lockdown was coming, if we was only supposed to be in it for a month and I, my appointment was set for a month later. Well, that turned into a whole year, now two years, and I have been going through some dental issues and slowly trying to repair things. Um, one, because it's super damn expensive now. Um, but I, I had to, I wasn't used to the aesthetic of like a lisp. I have a lisp now that is really, you know, driving me crazy. Uh, but trying to figure out why was I feeling so uncomfortable with myself and I've never felt those ways before. And understanding that, you know, slight little changes can make you feel uncomfortable about yourself or, but at the same time, I was balancing that off by what other people thought of me. But and you know it, what? It was not my norm. It was so, I was so far outside of my norm and my comfort zone because I never really cared what people thought prior to that. So I didn't understand why now I would start feeling that way. But the funny thing is, and this is what happens with a lot of individuals, is, is that they're so self-conscious about themselves, they assume that the other that other people outside of themselves are even aware, and they usually are. Like, you know, um, you like um one of the big this is why I I praise theater um and having directors is because um they see you, they, they, when they're looking at you, they're giving you directions, especially like last year when I was in a lot of plays. Um, I wasn't aware of a lot of my like little quirks and things of that nature, but someone that is in a, like a director usually is really paying attention to how you move and um, mm -hmm. how you talk, articulation, you know, if you have mm -hmm. an accent. And I wasn't aware of a lot of the things that I was doing and I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, and one of the directions was the audience doesn't know that you made a mistake until you tell them you made a and mistake. You make it noticeable. Mm -hmm. And you make it noticeable. Um, and that was profound to me because that was something that spoke to my life because I was always pointing out the flaws. So I was like, oh, you know, I did this there, I did this there. And when I would get feedback, many people would be like, well, I didn't even know. I, I had no idea. 
Right. Like because that that was a revelation just now to me because I wasn't even paying attention to it enough. You know what I mean? And right. so it's like those things that the, in therapy they're able to point that out. Like you know you you are aware of you because you live with you. You know you better than anyone else, but you may not be aware that people aren't paying that much attention to you. Those things that you're paying attention to, it may be something completely different. So you may say, well, it's the list that they're paying attention to, but it's not. It has nothing to do with it. You know, they have something that. So at the end of, you're not even aware of. Them. So uh, at some point, I was having a, you know, throughout the year, you get um, observations from your administrators or principals, <clears throat> staff. And I remember. Um, my principal, she had a meeting with me and she was very intrigued with how I was teaching theater. And I I treat, and what you said is why I do theater, why I still do theater, um, and why I love to teach theater because theater is such a platform. Unlike many of the other art forms, you can't do it by yourself. If you think of all the other platforms and music, you can write, sing, arrange, produce, do the instruments all by yourself, and then play a track at a performance. Um, all the other art forms you create on your own. Theater is the only process where there's moments where you have to get it on your own, but the most of it is ensemble work. Even if it's a one-man show, you still have to relate to your director and your lighting and your the venue and all, you still have to communicate and be with. And for that reason, theater is such a platform that teaches you valuable life skills. And it, it really is why I teach it. And her, my notes on it was, I like she was trying to find the, she said she was trying to find the theater in my teaching. She's like, I, I just thought you give them a script, they learn the lines, you give them costumes and put them on stage. And I said, that's what it looks like. But theater is teaching you how to be professional, how to be on time, how to be, you know, punctual, you know, how to uh, be consistent. Because in theater, you have to be consistent. You have to give the same show because you have a different audience every night. And they still deserve the show that the director directed, you know. Um, how things you have to move that prop piece off the same way every time or you gonna run into another stage crew member like it's, it's a lot of repetitiveness but it's also teaching you how to be consistent and how to show up in real life and most theater people believe it or not even if some of us don't show it we have a lot of restraint and a lot of um kind of boxed in we're very regimented. We don't like change because we're used to that repetition. Whereas though you have somebody in TV or film that's used to playing to an actual audience or uh, uh, not having any audience, you know, they have a little bit more freedom in how they express themselves. But, you know, it really, I'm glad you got to experience it on this end of your life or this part of your life because most people don't understand it. And probably because of your line of work, you see it faster, but a lot of people don't understand how really dedicated and how skilled theater actors, specifically theater actors are. 
because it takes a lot of work to be able to put on a show and not fall into like a a black space with it. But I, I really, you know, this this subject matter altogether, it, the theme of it is really showing up as yourself. But how do the others deal with that? You know, it's easy to say show up as yourself, but if you've never been introduced to yourself, or if you've done all the work to push that self so far down, it's really hard for you to reveal that. And we don't give each other that type of grace or space to really be who we are. We say it, but if I really showed you who I was, would you really be there? Would you stay? Would you judge me? Would you well, we say that a lot? But we really don't want people to show up as themselves. I think that's hard for people to even imagine. But how do you how do you do that? How do you consistently do that for people? Create that safe space in your relationships and in your circles. I think that um, one, you gotta be willing to, you gotta be open to doing it. I think that a lot of times, mm -hmm. again, like I said before, I think we have a kind of skewed idea about what relationships entail. And so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the way that we see it on TV is, you know, we like the same things, we, um, and it's always gonna be, um, you agree with me. We're always going to have a good day. It's never going to be any issues. We don't mm -hmm. see it as any um, disagreements. We don't see it as, you know, you being um, an individual and not liking some things that I like or me not liking some things that you like. Um, so that's not what's always seen, you know. Um, and the reality is that's what relationships are like. A lot of times relationship is work. It, it requires a lot of work. I think when um, I've been in my relationship for 20 years. Um, it was not easy. I think that, and it's always evolving. Huh? You've been in our relationship for 20 years. Um, when, when, I didn't know you had that problem. I mean, when did you start taking those illicit substances? What, what drug is that? Fentanyl? You want fentanyl? I didn't know that's what you even. <laughs> That's what you want, Ann. <laughs> mm -hmm. Drug-free, baby. Um, only drug in it. I'm fighting to get out this body is sugar. The, you said the only, what you said, the only thing you're getting in, what, you call it booger sugar. Oh, gee. No, I don't do those, <laughs> I don't do those illicit substances. <laughs> no, but I'm saying it like, I, it requires a lot of work to be in a, a long-term relationship and it changes, it evolves. The stuff that, who I was um, five years ago was is completely different from who I am now and who I was 15 years ago. So, you know, you gotta be willing to evolve and the relationship changes, the things that you probably would not tolerate, then you do, you're like, okay. You know, um, one of the biggest thing is being clingy. You know, I'm not a clingy person. I used to be, I used to be the type of person who wanna be up under, my man all the time. Oh, where you going at? Who you with? Uh, um, competing and comparing. 20 years in, you look, if they like you, I love them. Look, please have them take your ass on the weekends. Um, you know, you look, every time you say, oh, I'm a ball, look, borrow his ass. relationship works. <laughs> right. The, the, borrow his ass for two weeks 
so that I can go out here and have a good time and enjoy my life. Because guess what? It it requires that. It, you need that time to yourself. So I think that when the reality of what a true relationship entails, um, when people start to really embrace that and understand that, then they'll say, oh, you know what? I've been going about it the wrong the whole time, or I've been um, misinformed at how to go about it. Because, and even in friendships, you know, I don't get along with all of my, I don't get along with my friends all the time. I don't agree with everything that they, their, their philosophies about life or the things that they do. I'm not judging them. I'm not going to do it. But at the same token, I still love them for who they are. Now, does that mean that I'm going to go out here and if one of my um, friends is a gang member, they could be a gang member, I won't be out there gang banging with them. That doesn't stop me from having a conversation with them. That doesn't stop me from showing up for them when I need to show up for them. But what it does mean is that, okay, you know what? When they on that tip, I'm going to go this way. And they understand it because I've already communicated. Look, when you out here, you're doing that. That's a mutual understanding. Yeah. I'm finding it difficult to be in relationships with people who have that grace and that mercy for people. And it without it being a struggle for them, like it really is a struggle for people to let you be who you are. I and think we make a lot of stuff complicated. Right. It's not as complicated as we make it. You you know what? I think you for me, I used to tell um the guys I would date, I told my baby father this. You go after what you want, you put in the work for what you want. If you want your garden to produce fruit, you're gonna nurture it to produce fruit. But if you expect that God to produce anything, you have to actually put the work in. If you're not going to put the work in, it's not going to do anything. And that's relationships. If you're not willing to put the work in, it's not going to go anyplace. And right. so, and and you got to be willing to do that. And if you're the type of person who you give up at any sign of an issue, and I'm not saying that you stick around for bullshit and toxic stuff, but it, it does require some work and it requires some communication. You can't just assume that people know how you feel about things. You got to be willing to say, oh, this makes me uncomfortable or this upset me. You know, you can't assume people read your mind. That's just not you know, The flip side of that, when people present that information to you, you can't take that personal. No. You don't even have to change who you are, but just realize you may be losing that person because you're unable to compromise or be understanding that maybe your behavior or your actions is causing somebody else harm. Yes. And you gotta and, and you gotta be open and understanding of that. You know what I mean? Like um me being who I am, I know that I'm I'm banji, I cuss a lot, um, mm, I'm raw, um um flirtatious i'm a lot of things that may make people uncomfortable and so for me it is when i'm being my authentic self i have to realize that people have to get to understand and know me and they don't and i may be a lot in the beginning um and, and so they may not know how to deal with that but and you're so I not okay. and, I, and i and i don't take that back from you but you're not a lot you're exactly as much as you are right i am but, but, too much for you that means you aren't enough. For but, you. but even still, I have to recognize that my their interpretation of me is that I'm a lot. So I have to 
I don't scale back who I am, but I have to be aware and conscious of the fact that, oh, you know what, when this individual is around, I have to maybe preface what I'm doing, or I may have to just check in with them and see, oh, are you okay? You know, and that's just me being considerate because I can go in and say, I don't give a fuck about what they think or how they feel. But if I'm if I'm trying to build a, a working relationship with individuals, I have to consider how they feel. Now, it doesn't mean I have to take on their feelings, but I do have to be considerate of them. And so right. for me, that is, that's where the communication comes in. And as time progresses, they'll realize, you know what? Oh, that's just, that's just blue. You know, that's just who he is and that's how he is. Is he that way with everyone? No, he's that way with people he's comfortable with. And they recognize that, oh, you're only this way with me. You're not that way with everyone else. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's that's something that I've had to understand about myself. People's perception of who they want me to be versus who they think I am is one, two different people. Uh, but at the same time, I have to maintain who I am. I'm not the biggest sociable person I know, but I'm not, I'm very cordial. I do speak, you know, you speak to me and I don't turn my back to you. Like I'm not that person, but people, and I'm, I'm finding that in our communities and our circles, people want you to be something that they're not strong enough being. They want the, they want you to be the, the pinnacle and the 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 example of something that they're struggling to be and that's not it's not even a reality you know that's so it's so i, I want to throw out some examples of this happening in our pop culture you know spaces you know i'm really and I, I feel uncomfortable saying it because there's so many different factors, but you have a Kanye who obviously and admittedly has some things going on that with mentally, but perception is everything. <clears throat> and it is it, making me uncomfortable because it feels like we get angry at people for having mental disorders or mental breakdowns, or mental trauma, or struggles. It's like we get mad at them for being that. Like, I hate you, almost. But it's, I know it's a reflection, is a response to the behavior, and not necessarily to the symptoms. I understand that. But I'm not even willing to see the, the origin or the symptoms. I am only concerned with the behavior, or the results of. And then it's this this venom, this this you can't say on this one end, oh my God, the things that this person has been through, oh my God, like it's it's just I wouldn't be able to deal with that. And then hate them on the other hand for for reacting to it in a way that is not professional or not I'm, I'm just how to feel about not Kanye, but the people around him or the people who <clears throat> speculate about him. But I think, you know, for me, it is, I think a lot of people get caught up on the what, and they don't pay attention to the why and the how. Yeah. You get what I mean? And so it's like, you know, you see you you see the behavior, but you don't understand the backstory as to why this is this. And mm -hmm. so with Kanye, there's a lot of other things that people aren't taking into consideration. 
Yeah. And so that is some mm -hmm. oh, that yeah. is important because um, <clears throat> um, when you start to get that backstory, then you're able to get a better understanding. You get you're mm -hmm. able to you, it changes the way that you approach it because you have right. more information. And the more information you get, the more you may change the way that you see things. I think that a lot of people that we really don't know a lot. I think what we get is the media's perception of Kanye, but there's a lot of stuff that he said that may be interpreted as hurtful, but we don't understand why he's doing the things that he's doing. We don't know his hurt. We don't know any of the stuff that he's dealing with. We only get a limited amount of information. We want to we we build on that limited amount of information. And we see that with a lot of things. You know, We have conversations about a lot of stuff that goes on and we are really limited in what we know. And we think that because it shows up on social media, that that is it. But there is so much stuff that happens outside of the social and media we don't and see. that plays into it. And it's like what you get, you get limited information, a lot of limited mm -hmm. information. We are privy to so much. Um, we are not privy to as much as we think we are. And even the people, the, the individuals that provide us with information, they the information that they provide us with is usually convoluted. So it's not, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, their interpretations, it's a whole lot of things that they've added to it. It's, it, it. Some of it is not even factual, but we take it as fact. And so that's why I'm a big person on digging deeper and having communication, actually talking to the, you know, the horse's mouth instead of the horse's ass, you know? Yeah. Um, Go to the source, you know, if you can. And if you can't, your opinion is your opinion, but that's what it is. That's where it stays at. It's just an opinion. You don't know as much as you think you did. And even in relationships, I think a lot of people have assumptions about what relationships, especially, you know, what gay relationships look like or what, um, you know, if you've never been in a gay relationship, you don't know. <laughs> you have no clue. And until you get into one and you've actually sustained one for a, a, a long period of time, you need to keep it at that. You don't know. Mm. But and it, even but, if a person tells you it's theirs, that's their relationship. That's not all relationships. So you can't use their relationship to say this is how it is in every situation and scenario. That's not how it's going to be. But it, it, it's always, it, it also is showing how we and why we deal with our own family and loved ones and friends the way we do. You know, this whole thing of I don't only want good vibes, no low vibrations around me. It's, it's saying in so many words, if you got a problem, keep that shit to yourself. And I understand it because sometimes you're so filled, but it's the wrong messaging that we send out there because had had this issue with Kanye or Kanye's loved ones, um, and you can tell he doesn't have a lot of loved ones, had they did this in the beginning when we saw morsels of it, you know, whether he was, because when he spoke out against Bush, everybody, yeah, Kanye, oh yes, he, he, he doesn't like black people, yes. But that type of outburst, uncontrolled outburst, that's, that's not how you do it. But then the thing about it is, is that that is what the reality is. is that he's a, but he's an entertainer. You get what I'm yeah. saying? And so to have to be unpredictable, that is a part of being an artist, you know, to a degree. You're not but supposed it, but to be. definitely um, filling over into 
reality in many cases because I understand it, but at some point, where's the line? But see, that's where that's where I feel like, you know, with him, you know, um, I think that what we are seeing is um, one, a lack of education. I think a lot of people are basing it as it's just mental health, it's mental health, and it may not just be mental health. It's a lot of other things that may be that may be um, mm -hmm. um, in there. There may be some mental health. There may be a lot of things, but we don't know that. And so we just assume it's mental health. It's mental health, and it may not be. It may be a lot of other things that we are not aware of. Mm -hmm. And so I think it, we should be careful with how we are looking at things and our perceptions and our judgments, because we really don't know. You really don't know. And I think when it comes down to him, I think that you, if you were to ha actually have a conversation with him outside of what's being aired on social media, you will find that there are some other elements that they're not putting out there about him. And you hear that from people. Um, I think I, I just saw an interview with Yolanda Adams, and she said, I like the person I know. And the person that you are seeing being in soundbite form, that's not who I know. And I'm, I've gotten to know who he is. And that's mm -hmm. that's one of the things that, and it's, I don't try to pressure people or I'm not pushing people, but it is weird to me that we are in spaces where people are more comfortable with the version of you that is not real in terms of discussing it and taking it apart and picking at it than they are with simply saying, you know what? Nate is not an asshole. He's never been an asshole to me. But I, you know, you but we've all been in that hot seat where someone had a perception of us and they carried that bone around and that becomes who you are. That becomes your character. And I that's what you that take that on. Me. You know, and that's that's very important that you recognize what's theirs and what's yours. You don't have to take, you don't have to um, um wear anybody else's clothes. That's their, that's their, what they see you as, but that doesn't necessarily have to be who you are. But you, but, but at some point you have to you have to grow in that, and you have to learn that because you'll find yourself in a space trying to defend yourself. And I I went through, especially with, um, I think having this type of platform, I open myself up to a certain level of criticism because I was having conversations that people wasn't used to me having. A lot of stuff that I use this platform to really talk about the stuff that I would never talk about in mixed company. And mm -hmm. I had this platform to be able to do that. And that brought about a certain, you know- It's like your diary. Right. And right. that's really what this series has been for me. It's been, if I go through these series, you'll see like evolutions of who I was and who I am and where I'm going. But at the same time, for a couple years there, I found myself defending how other people who don't know me felt about me and talked about me and spread about me. Like I found my, but had I heard something like, you know, differentiating what's yours and what's theirs in terms of what you feel about yourself is very important, I think, especially to, for children and people struggling with mental struggles that needs to be said more you know because uh, people will have their feelings of you and don't even don't even know you they just saw it's like a case study you saw this i picked up this random case study 
I don't know any of the parties involved. I'm just reading what one person decided to write down about everybody else. And I'm believing that. And all right. the factors. And that's so weird to me that we do that in real life. I mean, but is it? I think that, it, I mean, that's what we, like, for me, society has always been based upon judgment, you know, that you're not, you're, you're always judging, um, um, you know, um, we're superficial. We don't go beyond the surface. But that, that, the surface. It's, you would see that if that's either who you are or elements of who you are. My struggle has been, I've never been a judgmental person. Like, I don't look at people and automatically pick them apart or second guess everything they say or question it. I was the person who was the exact opposite. I believe who people showed me. Like, that's who you are? Okay. Mm. Well, I know that I struggled with, um, I had had judgments. I had a lot of judgments. Mm -hmm. You know, I was always, um, I I was the underdog and I was always judging the, the haves, the people that have all of the, the 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 wealthy, the bullies. I was that the person who um, I, I I had a vendetta against those individuals because I didn't understand them, and because I had been hurt, and I didn't understand why. But as I started to work with individuals that were the bullies, that were the you know they were disconnected from you know. Um, the poor people and things of that nature. I was I was able to shift my way of thinking because mm-hmm. I was now able to. I had a different point of reference. Before my point of reference, my worldview was limited. Now I'm now it evolved because I was able to work with and experience those individuals. So it shifted and it went from me judging them to now empathizing and saying, "Oh, you know what? I can work with this person, or I, I I'm able to. I might not like something mm-hmm. that they do or how they may view things or their philosophy about things, but I can have a conversation with them and we can come to a common ground." That was right. difficult for me to do before. And I think as you evolve and you do a lot of self-work, it makes it easier for you to work with others. But that requires you to do the work on yourself first. And that's a difficult thing to do. What's that? Why was it difficult? Well, because what happens is, is that you have to, when you're working on yourself, you have to go to those parts of yourself that's ugly. You have to go to those parts of yourself that requires a lot of work, a lot of heavy lifting a lot of deep digging, and you may not be built for that. You may not even have the skills to go into those areas. Mm-hmm. And that's when you ask for the assistance. But you have to be willing to do the self-work. And a lot of us say, well, oh yeah, I'm working on me, I'm working on me, but they don't really, they don't really have a true understanding of what that entails. And they're not willing to do it, and they're not willing to be patient with others who are doing it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we want to be in love and we want to be, and we don't even understand what love looks like. Yeah, like it, it, it don't look like that. It doesn't look like stars and sunny skies and um, um, rainbows and moon rays all the time. Yeah. Sometimes love looks like, look, you need to get your shit together because it's really you're in a stagnant space. But I've seen that a lot. I've saw that a lot in my own life. I've saw that a lot in other people's journey when they're trying to find that space for themselves 
and everybody around them is, you know, almost ridiculing them for taking that time for themselves. And it's because they haven't done it or they are too afraid to take time off and miss things or not be in or know everything that's going on. And that's a, that's a strong thing to do when you can remove yourself to work on yourself, to grow yourself. And a mm-hmm. lot of people just, I don't think it is impossible for everybody, but I really think that people just, they're comfortable with just the basics. And that, I, I don't feel comfortable saying it, but I think it's very true. But that isn't really basic. You get what I'm saying? Like what's well, what's rich to you may not be rich to me. You right. see what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, you know, for me, I'm believing it or not. I'm right. the basics, so if if for me, who I'm being isn't my full capacity. Uh-huh. People are more comfortable with that basic form of you than the person who could outshine the whole room. But the funny thing is, is that I see, I believe in universally we all can shine. You get what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And I just think that some people don't believe they shine as bright as they actually can. Mm-hmm. They diminish their light. And so, and and me, I'm all about embracing who you are and shining as bright as you are willing to shine. You know, I think that that's really important that you realize that are you willing to shine that bright? Are you willing to go through that that extra step? Because that can be a very uncomfortable space, you know, to be in that element where you are, that you're drawing that much attention that you're gaining, you're, you're garnering all these eyes on you, all these people that potentially could be judging you. That's a very scary space to be in at times for a lot of individuals. And it requires a lot of self-care and being self-awareness. And I don't think that, um, I think it requires, I think we need to do more with self-care and that we need to teach um, um, young people, adults, how to do better with themselves and how to work with themselves. That it's okay to work with yourself. And, and that before you start to engage with other people, have to first do that for themselves. Right. And before you start to engage with other people, before you get into these relationships, before you start doing, um, I'm going on, you know, uh, developing these friendships, um, working in these environments, that you do the work, that you actually work on yourself first. Because you do a lot more harm when you go out there and you just doing the most. It's winging. I think that is very, it's a very uh, interesting statement to say uh, because we've all been taught to fake it till you make it. Push through, fight through it, deal with it, let it go. And nobody is saying how to actually, you know, invest that time in yourself because people are just so quick to, you know, they just, they don't want to miss nothing. I don't want to miss life. I don't want to miss my friend's 40th birthday. I don't want to miss, you know, that baby. I don't want to miss that relationship. I don't want to miss the potential that this person might be the best thing. But if you haven't done the work, everything that you want to be a part of is going to fail. And it's going to, you're not going to look good. It's going to get worse for you. Or you're going to be in a self-destructive pattern because you're mm. not willing to take the time for you. 
And that time may be different. It may be a year for this person. It may be a whole 10 years for another person. But putting in the time for you is valuable. I've walked away from, I'm not saying I ended a lot of relationships, but I just, I took the time for me. I stopped seeing people. And that was hard for people because people were used to me making the time and sacrificing, like me doing the sacrifice. And for me, it is. It just wasn't, people were not happy. You know, it's very important you said that. Um, I think that it's for a lot of times, even with myself, um, I, before I took that sabbatical, I let people know that it wasn't about that. That this is not a you thing, this is a me thing. And that, you know, I don't want you to take this personally, but I need it for myself. You get what I mean? Um, and, and, and that's important. That's important that we're able to articulate that we need a moment and that it's okay to take those moments for yourself, that you're not villainized because you're taking a break, you know? Um, and I think that that's where that communication is important, that you should be willing to say, okay, look, I need a moment to myself. And also for those individuals, um, recognize that are you able to be patient with this? You know, are you able to stick it through? If it takes you 10 years, are you still gonna be the same person 10 years later? Are you willing to, are you are you gonna be my friend then? Um, because I, I may need that moment. I may need that my, to heal. I may need that whole The other day, a, fr a friend of mine, mm -hmm. um, and she she's been going through these moments where she'll just disappear, or she'll just, you know, in the midst of something, back out and don't mm -hmm. finish or don't communicate. And I noticed when I posted it, I posted it live on her. Facebook page when she made the statement, mm -hmm. I said it's not about people mm -hmm. not respecting your healing, but mm -hmm. you have people that love you and support you. Mm -hmm. so tell our boyfriend that we're doing the show. Hi. Tell our boyfriend that we're doing the show. I've been telling him, I've been trying to tell him that he's on a show, but he wants to sing. And oh, he, he is committed to spending. That's what it is. I get it. He, he wants I'm just about to put him on the podcast and tell him to take the mic because he is moaning his tail off. He's he been singing crazy. this song like. But it's but we have to come like I was saying we have to communicate and not not that we need to do a press release whenever we going through something but share with the the people that love you because it makes it difficult and kind of the point of this is how we deal with our friends when they're going through struggles because it may be the very thing that you need like I know. You know, I have a friend right now that's really going through some tough times, but I know when to push back and I know when to call. I mm -hmm. know when I'm learning. I'm going to say I'm learning to call when I need to. And when I haven't heard from that person in a minute, um, my friend right now, you know, he, he lost his mom. And I, I'm going to still send a message every now and again until he feels strong enough to pick up the phone. But communicate. Just simply, and just a, a text back, like I'm not feeling right now, you know, and that that's asking a lot of somebody that's going through something, but it's asking very little on the side of a person who is concerned for you, who wants to love you, and especially somebody who is consistently there for you. I think we have to learn how to go into our bubbles and go into this self-care mode because it's, you know, what if something happens? You leave these people with all these, well, I wish I would have, I, I wish they would have, 
And, and it's a lot of unresolved things that you're leaving people with when, you know, when you're not communicating. I've just learned to be very direct in my communication. With something, I don't like something, I learned how to say I don't like it. When it's hurting me, I've learned how to say it's hurting me. And I just think we have not been given the proper tools uh, to be able to do that. And I don't blame that on the school system. I don't necessarily blame it on parents and family because if you have never been given it, how can you give it to somebody else? You know, at, at some point you have to get it in order to give it. So, and, mm -hmm. and another thing, people be okay with saying no. Yes. Yeah. Say, look, sometimes you can't do it. Just say, I can't do it. No, I can't do mm -hmm. it. If you don't have it, if you can't do it, it's okay. If you don't know it, you don't know. You don't have to fake it till you make it. You could just be authentically and honestly yourself and just say, look, this is not me. Mm -hmm. I don't understand it. I don't get it. It's okay. It's okay to be human. There is no such thing as perfection. No one's seen it. No one's ever seen it. There's the, even the concept of perfection is flawed. So just stop trying to be something perfect because your interpretation of it is going to be flawed. And, and this is specifically to Black people, and I'm saying it. We are not super than, than supernatural beings. You know, I know that's the picture that we paint, but we're just as much as human, just as much human as everybody else. And it's yeah. interesting, I, I had went to this um, workshop um, that a friend had, and Mama Cheryl was there. And she said, it's nothing wrong with the perception of being a superhero. But even a superhero has to go home at night and go to sleep and recharge or re-energize themselves. Be okay with that and understand when you need it and communicate it. Like, look, I can't, I can't do this project. Instead of you taking it on and then killing yourself. Yeah. Or destroying relationships. Because you just backed out and didn't say anything. You gotta, you gotta re really have to that that communication thing. And I don't know why that that's something that's been tapping me on my shoulder and it's been a part of my communication for this this amount of time, but it really does, um, it has been welcoming itself into my communication and my speech and my situations for a minute now. And it really is important to me that we learn effective communication. It will save a lot of us stress, depression, um, not that, that it's gonna prevent any wrong or struggle from happening, but it's gonna soften the blows a lot. Of, of the things that you're going through if you effectively communicate. And, and there will be people who just don't like your no. They don't like it. They don't understand it. They want what they want because it's their whatever. But you have to be strong enough to say no, it's not, it's not feeding me anymore. It's not supporting me anymore. And, and I need to get out of this. Or whatever I'm going through will only make this worse. So let me remove myself. Uh, and being strong enough to say no, you know, I, I I was definitely a person who stayed too long at the party, and, and that mm -hmm. sometimes destroyed relationships, more relationships, as if if I would have just backed out in the beginning or just said no from the beginning, but I would just press on and do it and do it and do it, and not understanding what toll it was really taking on me. 
trying Absolutely. to be there and trying to be available for something that I wasn't mm -hmm. in. Does he have something to say? Speak up, sir. Give him a mic. Uh, Tell him we'll do no backseat drivers over here. You got to get in the uh, front seat. Right. Bring him to the community conversation. I'm going to give him a whole 15 minutes on his own. Yeah. This has been, um, I, I don't know why these topics come to me the way they do. Or, I mean, part of it is I'm watching people go through things. I'm going through some growth. Um, but I don't know why it's on my heart to like talk about it and get it out in the air. Um, but I'm just seeing a lot of stuff that I don't like. I'm seeing a lot of stuff that I don't, I don't like how it's being handled or the lack of it being taken care of. Um, and it just it's just a sad space that I feel like we're in as human beings. As right. all human. I just feel like it's a really space, of, a weird space that we're in as people. Right. I don't know. And I, another thing that I don't like is these time things that Marnie just keep making up. <laughs> he said five minutes. He want us done. Right. You date on your time, not on my time. Mm -mm -mm. That had nothing to do with me. Oh, this is I mean. what show do you have coming up? Did you did you close the show? What's the name of the show? Oh, we back to oh skyline. They don't have nothing to do. We can tell skyline to find another time slot. Stop piggybagging hey, off. Are we still going to air? We are still on the air. Oh Lord! <laughs> oh, y'all talk about me, shit. Communic we just finished talking about communication. Communication. Communicate with me. We have a show that's returning to be exposed, Skyline, with Mark and I forgot the other young lady's name. Um, Mark is really big in his um homeless activism. He does a lot of school drives and homeless drives and feeding the homeless. So definitely tune into that show five minutes into my show. Um, but um, yeah, this has been another edition of the Artist Exchange. Uh, I don't know if this is my confessional or my uh, testimonial hour, uh, but it's definitely been a very, um, I, I think I need to talk these things out sometimes because sometimes it really helps me how to in how I deal with my everyday relationship. You know, right. dealing with somebody just going through um, a mental struggle or they're showing the signs of uh, trauma, it is very difficult. Sometimes you don't want to hear it. Sometimes you don't want to be around it. But as a friend and a loved one, 
do what you can to support that person. Whether it be mm-hmm. a therapist, whether it be, you know, listen. Sometimes just listening to somebody is more medicine for them than actual therapy. Um, any closing remarks? Blue waters? Right. Are you high? What's going on? No, I'm not. I wish, but I don't partake, so. No, I said, do you have any closing remarks about the topic? Um, no, no, I think I said a lot today, so I don't have much to say. I'm kind of distracted. <laughs> Please don't be doing anything inappropriate. This is a wholesome show. I'm not a wholesome person. You are a hoe, though. You are, too. Oh, my stomach hurts. But uh, we'll be back it next week. It takes one to know one. We'll be back next week. We'll start, we're going to start doing a number of interviews with some of the cast members. Of, I can't wait. I can't wait to do those interviews. If you thought I was him, can y'all see it? Yes. I'm down here on the computer phone and it's up here. You thought I was him, open it up in less than a month now. This has been a year long process and I, baby, I've never wanted to finish a show. I want this to be over with, it does. But it's been so <laughs> rewarding. It's been um, so fun featuring Marche Allen, Patrick Bing Jr., uh, Noah Silas, Calvin D. Tucker. <laughs> Brother Calvin is in this money. Um, and Eddie Brother Tucker, I mean, Brother uh, Calvin is in this. And um, anytime, Mark, anytime. I don't get to make it to your um, rallies, but keep sending them. And at some point, I'm not going to be in rehearsal. This year is going to be over. And I'm going to be able to come out this Come out the stuff, but look look for our social media, the Artist Exchange, on Twitter, on um, Instagram, on Facebook. I'm clearing the Twitter out. I had a lot of people that were on my friend list that turned into only fan members, and I'm slowly figuring out who is who and moving them on up because I don't want to be watching that on my feed, but. Again, uh, Blue Waters, where can they find you at on social media? Um, Erotic Blue Waters. Erotic, E-R-O-T-I-C, Waters on Instagram, Blue Waters on Facebook, B-L-E-U-W-A-T-E-R-S. And um, you'll see me on here, the Artist Exchange. That's it, y'all. Peace out. Be safe. Come on by the studio this weekend, 4709. Yes. Come on by. We got some wine. We got wine. We got some liquors. Uh-uh. I'm not coming to that. Y'all trying to get people booze. Come on. I like to I like to loosen them up before they shop. So peace out, people. The next up is the Skyline Radio Show. 
See y'all. I'm going to Thank you.